Hello, you're listening to episode 17 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross and Trevor Harden. In this episode, we get excited about this week's shows with John Primer, Nathan Angelo, and Isaac Smith. Interviewed Isaac Smith about his record release, talk about upcoming shows, and reminisce about the week prior. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Ross. I am Trevor Harden. And where's Todd? Todd. Todd. Todd's not here today. Todd had to take his dad to the airport, so we miss him. Sorry, Todd. I'll be flying out as well today with my two small children to Ohio to visit my family for a week. You got to do it. Got to, and we're going to go fishing up in Michigan. That's my dad sounds and I, like an amazing, and my, my peaceful, quiet, out on the water sort of time. It will be. I'm, I am very look, very much looking forward to. It. We've done it every year for eight years now, um, so this is this is good. We missed a couple of years because of having children. Yes, but now we're to a point where we can make it happen. And I can take the to the small children with me on an airplane. Love it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, there's better things to do. It's <laughs> true. But it'll be you know, it'll be easy. It'll be fine. It'll be They're fine. good. They're gonna be fine. They'll be give them just an iPad fine. and uh, and some and some candy. <laughs> right. What a busy week we've got coming up. Word. On we've got three shows. Three shows. Whew. Sometimes you get one. This week you get three. That's right. John Primer's coming in on Thursday night. Who is John Primer? You say who dat? John Primer is the band leader of all of the Chicago blues greats. You name them. Muddy Waters, Willie Dixon, Magic Slim. If you, you probably have heard of Muddy Waters. Good Lord, yes. Because if, if you've in, even heard a blues song, you probably know what Muddy Waters sounds like. He's incredibly iconic in the in the blues scene, and and John Primer was his right hand man. He was there leading the band, um, and when I say leading the band, yeah, he's the say, guy what, what's that. A, what's a band leader? Band leader is the guy that puts all of the set list together. He's the one that that gets the band ready for the guy to step in like Muddy Waters to just walk into the room mm-hmm. and say, this is what we're going to do. And John has already has his entire band ready for Muddy to walk in and be the feature guy. But he can play everything, anything, all the time and will trade licks back and forth with, with that featured artist. Mm. Back in the day, that's what they did. So when he was in Chicago, he would sit in with John Primer's blues band. Mm-hmm. So really, John Primer has always been the guy that allowed for others to come in and sit with him. Magic Slim is another one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Willie Dixon, again, is another one of those guys. And they go on down the line. They wasn't the only guys that he's ever played with. He's, he's touched all, the, all these greats. Um, if you watch the promo about John Primer that we put on Facebook, he was there in the 70s when um, the Rolling Stones were playing three nights in Chicago and showed up to the blues bar that they were playing at when Muddy's was playing, and they all stepped up on stage in this tiny little room, stepped up on stage, and the entire cast of the Rolling Stones were there with John Primer's blues band and Muddy Waters. That show would have been... Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, a that was in the early 70s. Walk in some building, you know. And yeah, I mean, that was... I couldn't imagine the magic that was going on during that, during that time in Chicago. But John Primer was right there. He had a front row ticket to all of that, and he was the one leading this. I mean, I cannot put enough words down to tell you how big of a legend this guy is. And he's coming on a Thursday in Bluffton. Right. And we're trying not to make it seem like this guy has lost his edge because he's playing in Bluffton now. Right. Because he's still he's on his way down to a major blues festival in Daytona. And the beauty of our room is sure. how well it routes down to Daytona. So these guys and their, their management really seek out 
rooms along the way to come and play and get ready for these big festivals. So we're really in a, in a perfect location to catch all of those major blues acts. Yeah, and you think that Thursday night's not necessarily like the primo night to go out and uh, see something, but that's because we're catching somebody on the way to his big Friday or Saturday night thing somewhere else. Absolutely. So, you know, it's as close as you can get apart from driving down to Florida where he's already going to be. Right. Yeah, so this is a just could not be a better scenario to catch a top-quality blues band coming in on a Thursday on the way down to a blues festival. Get your tickets to come up here. Get some of that Chicago shuffle. It's going to be so good. So that's Thursday night. Okay. Um, and Friday. Friday night, we have got Nathan Angelo coming back to the roasting room. So glad that he's coming back. Nathan Angelo from Greenville, South Carolina, bringing a four-piece band that's just top-notch. Yeah, and don't let the fact that he's uh, somewhat of a local boy uh, dissuade you. That uh, I've listened to some tracks, and they sound Whew. delicious. They are delicious. Piano pop. Yeah, piano pop mixed with soul and classic R&B. Yeah, so, like, it's funky. It's, it's funky, really funky. But it's also very, very palatable and enjoyable. Palatable. Yes. Yeah. Danceable. Mm-hmm. The last time he was here, people were dancing on, on anything they could find. They were dancing on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It was really, really good. The rhythm section is very accomplished. Um, his bass player played with Lecrae, um, cool. was on The Tonight Show. Nice. I mean, the dude is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and Nathan deserves to be on the very top. He's got a wonderful voice. I mean, the songwriting is, is again, very, very top-notch. Let's listen to Born to Love You, which is my favorite song of his, um, and it's one of his most popular songs. Let's have a listen to Born to Love You, Nathan Angelo. But it all made sense when I saw your face. I was born to love you. One thing I just can't live without. Born to satisfy your needs. I'm allowed to hold you. that song yeah it's good man and what a voice he does have a great voice absolutely um you were comparing him to yeah i just said that yeah i don't love making comparisons all the time because it it kind of locks people in but if i had to compare him with somebody it kind of reminds me a little bit of gavin DeGraw, where you take that like pop mixed with soul sort of thing yeah Um, so you know if you're a fan of gavin that might be somebody to check out totally He's got fans in the area, definitely. And being from Greenville definitely helps. Um, he brought out a good crowd the last time he was here, and we do expect to have a good crowd here on Friday as well for Nathan. Um, get your tickets now, man. I'm telling you, these things are they are going to sneak up on you. Yeah. Do it now, because you just don't know. We've had, we've had great success with, with Nathan before, so please do your best to get tickets prior to the day of. I think, it's, I think this is one of those concerts you could come to and not even if you're totally unfamiliar with the catalog and the guy's songs you're going to be won over by just listening through songs for the first time they're just super enjoyable tunes totally agree 100% so that's Friday night Nathan Angelo will be bringing the house down so then we're now we're up to Saturday and we've got our dear friend and colleague Isaac Smith 
who is going to be doing his album release, his album Young or Old, which he's been working on for quite a while now, um, down in Savannah. He's from Savannah, um, but he's he's going to be having vinyl records for sale, which is so fun when artists bring in vinyl to sell. Um, it's becoming more popular, thankfully. Right. And it's it's not a it's not a cheap thing for him to do. So it's really a, it's an intentional release of this album. I've listened to it on a test press, and it is flawless, man. They brought he brought really top notch players into the sessions, um, and his band is incredible. So do your best to get over here on Saturday night. I mean, you might as well just camp out just, here. Yeah. Come in on Thursday, camp out. I don't recommend sleeping on the porch at the roasting room, but you maybe could. It's it's kind of like you know sleeping on the side of a mountain, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know, it's somewhat like it's that. It's not the end of the world, right? It's a little chilly, but man, I mean, uh, really, that this could be a place to be for three nights in a row. Yes, I mean, at least pick one. Yeah, at least pick one. Find one to come to because this is this is about as good as we're going to get in a row. Top notch artist, pow pow pow. We uh, we talked to Isaac. We did talk to him. Let's roll that interview of Isaac Smith. We are here this morning with our dear friend and colleague, Isaac Smith. Hey, Isaac. How are you, man? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Super duper. Hey, we got a busy week this week, but you are the, the Saturday night show. It's going to be an album release. Let's talk about that album just a little bit. What was the deal with this album? Why is it different than your other album that you made? Well, this album is, uh, for me, is, is, is vastly different. One... Uh, it's our first full-length album. Our last album was more of an EP style, six songs, and we recorded it at a friend's house. And this one, we went all in. Uh, I feel like the songs are more mature, um, and we went to a, a legitimate studio to record and, and had a mix engineer and mastering engineer. So all around from the technical side of things, it's definitely well-produced and, and has that sound to it. But Beyond just that and the technicalities of it, I, I'm I'm real confident in this album. I feel like it's a definitely a step forward in our playability, our songwriting, um, just all in all, uh, it's 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 much more advanced than the last album. So we're proud of it. We're excited about it. It's going to be a good time. Nice. So you recorded it in Savannah. That's right. Right. Who right. was your Who was your engineer that you were talking about? Um, we recorded it at the garage, Savannah. Uh, it's it's. Uh, near downtown area. Um, it's ran by Affilion Records by Matt and uh, Matt Collette and Colin. And, um, and and they did a great job of just um, engineering the whole deal. We had a good vibe. And, mm-hmm. and um, regardless of how this album turns out, probably one of the best times of my life just to hang out in the studio and, and, uh, and make some music. So we had a great time doing it. We traded it for the world. Uh, the world was following along on Instagram while you were making this album, and it looks like you guys were having a blast. At least I was, and I'm, you know, kind of the world. Yeah. So anyway, um, hey, so not, not not to get all uh, morning radio on you here, but what's uh, can you talk about the title of the album, Young and Old, what or Young or Old? Young or Old. Um, yeah, it's a title album. It's it's probably the first song I wrote for the album, actually. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily written for the title or written as a, oh, this is going to be the song that stands out. And um, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, 
it doesn't have much depth or meaning uh, as why it's the title. I just feel like it's the most uh, interesting title that we have. And, uh, and I like the play on words and, and how it relates to my life. Um, kind of getting my musical career started, I would say, fairly late. I'm 30, 30-something. 30 I would have to do the math to let you know for real what I am. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, just I, I feel like at this point in my life, uh, I'm making the best music I have. And, um, and I hope that as I get older, I make even better music. So uh, from a music standpoint, young or old, um, we're still making that happen. Um, but even from a relationship status, uh, no matter how young I am or old I am or how ugly I get or how fat I get or how <laughs> the opposite <laughs> with the spouse, like uh, our hearts still melt for each other. And that's the idea behind it, just to, to always hold on to what we started with and, um, and, and never tire of our love. So it's that's beautiful. the idea behind young or old in, right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. A beautiful sentiment, Isaac. Well, thank you. Let's move on a little bit to your involvement here at the old roasting room, lounge and listening room. You are the lead engineer, but I want to I give the people the opportunity to hear how that all kind of started from your point of view. Where did, where did this all happen? Why did, you, why did you seek out the roasting room and show up and all that? Well, it was about, it was right when you guys started. It was like a February, I want to say, or maybe even December, I came out. I was looking online for something to do. We were bored. It was winter. And my friend and I were like, let's go to Bluffton, which we never do. That's never something we say. Uh, we live in Savannah, Georgia. And we saw that you guys were spinning records on a Thursday. And we are like, let's go see what they have and spin some records. And we went up to this dark, empty, really cool-looking bar in Bluffton, which happened to be the roasting room. And uh, it was a cool bartender who now works for uh, – what's, what's that, uh, South Carolina – um, liquor. Thing oh, it works for uh, yeah for Bull Rush Gin. Yeah, that was uh, Josh Gin. Stafford. There it is, yeah. yeah. So that guy was um was was a bartender, super sweet, super nice, and uh, we were spinning some records, and we were the only ones there. I was like, you have a sound system this stage. Do you mind if I just see what this sounds like and whatever? And um and he graciously let me do it. And then Josh, the owner of uh, Roasting Room, came in and was like, Are you guys. You're like a real musician, and you know how to run sound. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. And um, and it's kind of how we started a relationship. The next thing you know, a couple weeks later, I was meeting you and assisting you on uh, that show with it was a it was a it was a duo show. And uh, was it with you remember the, the name? Was it Field Division? Maybe. Yes, it was Field Division. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It was very intimate, and the crowd was full, and it was, uh, uh, you know, just so silent. And I was like, oh, my gosh, a real listening room? I haven't seen one of these in the area ever. Yeah. So um, I knew it was special, and um, and I wanted to be a part of it. And I'm glad I am, because here we are um, going on almost two years. And uh, this this new year will be two years, and it's come a long way. And I'd say Definitely. it has some great success, um, and I can't wait for the future of it. So I'm yeah, proud man. to be on board with this whole whole thing. Yeah, we're so blessed to have you on board as as the engineer that comes in, and you you came in and, and made a lot of really good um, good changes in in the way that we we you know kind of produce a show. 
Um, we did a lot of you did a lot of light work. You have a lot of experience in that. Let's talk about your experience prior to moving to Savannah and what you used to do um, with yourself. Grew up in the church. Um, not going into too much detail. I feel like I've done that on other interviews, but uh, just I uh, grew up in the church. Grew up in the Pentecostal world. It was a fairly large church in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, you know we were always on the forefront of new things and we because it was a large church we had a lot of um, concerts and we had a lot of conventions and stuff like that held within our building and they would bring in all kinds of um, artists within the Christian world that were popular at the time um, and obviously they would bring in big production companies and I uh, remember this one production company that I started working with called Pepe Associates and, and uh, that's where I started dabbling in sound and dabbling in and lighting, and uh, so of course it came from a church background and into a professional kind of world, back into the church, and then uh, honestly, kind of gave away sound and lighting and all that stuff for for many years as I started to pursue music again, uh, and started being that guy and, and and doing the worship stuff at a church, and then eventually moved to Savannah. Uh, my father started church, and I became a worship leader at that church in Garden City, uh, Savannah, Georgia, and then grew up and kind of split ways from that world and um, became a little bit more uh, liberal-minded, I guess. I'm, that doesn't, I'm not saying I'm a liberal, just saying more liberal-minded mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the Christian world and, and found another church that suited uh, my, my thinking um, and that helped me pursue my deconstruction process of faith to find my own. Um, so that was a big deal. So to come back full circle, yeah. um, kind of quit the, quit the sound world, started music in the church world, moved to Savannah, got away from the church world, started music in a whole new way for me, which was playing in bars and playing cover music that I've never heard of because I was sheltered in the church and so mm -hmm. learning a lot of new songs for the first right. time and everyone's like that's you've never heard this song you don't know who uh rolling stone is like well of course <laughs> i've heard the name but i couldn't tell you one song they did you know <laughs> that's great but uh so it, it, the last um probably the last five years for me has, has been really amazing in discovering um all the music that i've missed along my childhood and teenage years and uh and and now discovering how that plays into how I write today, um, finding new inspiration. So it's been a ride. Definitely. Well, do you, do you think, and this is, this is kind of my own outside of the, outside of, you know, just a casual bystander. Do you think that your writing, since you were not in, you know, listening to a lot of popular, you know, or maybe even classic music that, that your writing is, is fresh, compared to maybe people that are already jaded or, or maybe they're influenced by a lot more artists. Do you think that has helped you writing music? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I can't claim any of that in that sense. And writing is something fairly new for me. I just, I wanted to do it because I was tired of playing covers. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I was just inspired to do something. And I wrote a song on the last record. It was called Give In. I was like, huh, that wasn't, as difficult as I thought it hmm. would be just kind of tapping in. So then I wrote another five songs within a month and that became the EP Magnolia Bloom. Um, 
So that song, that that record was written in in a month and a half, essentially two months, and then recorded. And it was going to be like just a demo, so we could go to a uh, recording studio and record. But we were like, ah, whatever, it's fine. Three ninety nine this way. Let's do it this way. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I can't compare my writing style with others being fresh, not fresh. Uh, the truth of the matter is, not everybody's going to like my music, and that's okay. That's the beauty of uh, music. There's so many genres and so many different types of writing styles within those genres. Um, the world is so unique with different people. So I'm sure there are plenty of people that will love it, like it, and hate it. Uh, and I guess the trick now is just finding those people and those ears that are accepted to it. <laughs> well, you, uh, you've certainly found a few. I, as far as I know, I know that um, when I brought the test pressing home, because you're pressing vinyl, which is That's so right. great. Yay, vinyl. So great. And you're going to have them available on Saturday, right? That's right. Yeah, they're actually uh, coming in, fingers crossed, today or tomorrow. And then I'm actually uh, piecing them all together. Um, I've already got the packaging and stuff just to oh, save cool. some money. So, nice. um, yeah, come out to the show, buy a record. That'd be, yeah. that'd be a very sweet thing to do. We were listening to the test pressing, um, and we're listening intently because we want to, you know, as part of the test pressing, you list, you listen to make sure that there's there's any discrepancies in the, or there's any, you know, fluttering or, or wah-ing, as they call it, and it sounded really good, and, and Allie, my wife, was listening to the record as we were doing it, she was like, holy crap, like, this is really good, like, Isaac should do this for a living, I'm like, well, he does, she's like, but why is he working for you, he should be, like, on the road, I'm like, well, he Kind of does, but we kind of need him around here too. And oh, it was, it was great. No, she loved the record. I, I love it too. I think it's I really so good. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, again, like we're we're proud of it. And regardless, if it take, we hope it takes off. And and this would be the record to do that on. Um, but that being said, you know, if it doesn't, it's it. This industry may not be for me, and that's okay too. And I had a blast making it happen. But but that, then again, we hope that it does. And. And, uh, and if we have to be on the road and making it happen, you know, that's what we bought a minivan for. So Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like the right perspective to have, too. Def- definitely, because, my God, we've seen, we've seen people even come through here that have, they put all their hopes and dreams into it, and they're still doing it 35 years later, and they haven't gotten any further than playing small clubs. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of an kind of a, kind of interesting way to, to look at it. Like, you can... You can dream to go all the way to the top, but it depends on what your top is. Well, I think that the, the idea thing would be to get a decent booker and a more, more importantly, a publisher yeah. of sorts. Um, that's, that's how you make it. But mm-hmm. if y'all hear some banging, I'm at, a, I'm at the breakfast place eating some uh, hash browns, and that's, boy. that's the cooks making some, <laughs> some good old eggs. So not, no one's dying. Oh, that's you. good. That's good. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Ruben. Ruben Baidez is going to be with you. What's what's his story? Well, so Ruben Baidez, cool dude. Um, he's from Atlanta as well, from from my neck of the woods. And his uh, wife uh, grew up with me in uh, in school, and we were great friends. And uh, so their whole story of coming together and um, and them being a team has been a uh, a close one to watch for me. And, uh, and watching him kind of have some similar stories with me growing up in the church, doing all that thing. And then he moved to Nashville to pursue his dreams. And, and uh, it seems like he's making it happen. Um, he's a, an Americana songwriter. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Uh, he was just featured at Americana Fest in Nashville nice. a couple weeks ago. Um, so he's legit. Uh, and he sounds great, writes great songs. And um, I think he, if he, when he plays solo, I believe he's going to be playing a 12-string acoustic guitar, which is cool. not really heard of a lot these days. Not really. Um, no. but, uh, but yeah, so it should be an interesting sound for sure. Is there anything we haven't covered? Is there anything else you want to talk about while you're while you're in the in the spotlight? Yeah, I think we got it. Uh, just be sure to come out, spread the word, spread the, spread the love. Everybody that's seen me there, uh, running sound, um, you know, don't think I'm just there to just do a show. This is going to be a show for real. Um, we've prepped for it. Um, we're going to do the record in its entirety, and maybe some old ones as well. Um, and uh, we may even have a horn section for it. Uh, we definitely are on the 6th, but on the 7th, we're going to see if we can do that same thing as well. Um, and we're ready for it. We actually go to practice today to make all those transitions work. Great. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. We're excited about it. Um, and uh, and we hope that you guys get your tickets in advance to let us know that you care and not just show up the day of. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, uh, it helps us a and, little bit. Uh, yeah, get a table. Share the love. Bring some friends. Yeah. And, uh, and we definitely appreciate it. And if you have uh, a record player, be sure to pick up a vinyl. And we will also have download cards, too, and some merch. And, and, uh, and we'll just have a good time. Let's have a good bourbon together. Totally. Highly recommended. Well, Isaac, we cannot wait to hear your show on, on Saturday night. Um, you're going to bring it. I know you're going to bring it. You always do. Um, thanks, man. We'll see you on Thank Saturday. You guys. All right, man. What a guy. Isaac's a good man. He's also a very good engineer. And does all of the he does all the engineering, he does the lights, he does all of it. When when you come in and you see him behind the board, it's not an easy thing to do just right. to come on here and have every band of every genre come through here and be able to mix them qual- uh, with quality. It's it's really a, a talent that we're so glad that Isaac has and is willing to to bring up here. And he's a cornerstone of this establishment. Absolutely, he started pretty much right away, um, but. The other reason why he's so great is, listen to this. He gave um, me, since we're good buddies, a a pre, uh, a total preview, a master version of his record for me to listen to and, and to, to kind of, not judge, but just listen to and kind of give him some idea of, of where he's at. But I think it's flawless. And he let's play this song, Hold Me, off of the record, Young or Old, that's going to be released on Saturday. Let's listen. Great.
Favorite. Sounds great. Yeah, Isaac's good, man. And he's a great writer. I mean, he just started writing not even a couple of years ago. That's infuriating. Yeah, yeah right. That's infuriating. He just shows up and like, oh, you know what? I'm going to write a song and just knock it out of the park. Love that guy. It's good stuff. So that's what you're going to be listening to on Saturday. Easy breezy, beautiful stuff. Um, and Ruben Baidez as well is going to be bringing his whole... His, and Ruben's going to be coming and bringing a great sound as well. It's going to be an awesome show. Amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about the week after. We've got two shows coming in. We've got Head for the Hills coming in on Friday. Great band name. Yeah. I mean, great for especially for a bluegrass outfit as right. well. Right, of course. Uh, the National Touring Act, they're from Colorado. It looks like uh, they uh, are have quite the accolades. Uh, yeah. Most notably that they've... Won the best bluegrass in Colorado four times. That's saying something. That's right. Because I feel like bluegrass, although it was born in kind of the mountains in Kentucky and Tennessee, kind of translates really well in Colorado as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely. When I think about being in the, the mountains of Colorado, I, I just hear bluegrass music. <laughs> it's kind of what my mind goes to. That's right. Yeah. Hey, let's listen to One Foot in the Grave. Um, head for the hills. This it's in October. It feels like this is the yes, right thing it, to play. It all sounds very, uh, very macabre. Yes, <laughs> but I don't think it is. No, let's have a listen. All right, one foot in the grave. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. Hardest lonesome. Wonder if I'm ever gonna know the reason why. The reason why my days on earth are almost numbered. I can count them like the gravestones on the hill. That's going to be a fun show. Oh, fun. Man. Good harmonies. Of course, yeah. every bluegrass band feel like you have to have at least one guy that's great at harmonizing, but they sound like they have at least two. Yeah, that sounds like a group effort. At least three part, maybe even four parts sometimes. So, uh, I've uh, doing a little research. These guys have been featured on NPR programs, CMT programs. They've been to South by Southwest. This is a, a happening group. These guys are big. Yeah. In the bluegrass realm, these guys are big. So bluegrass is your jam. This is one not to miss for sure. Absolutely. And from a from a booking standpoint, um, they came to me with. I mean, they've got multiple agents. They've got a marketing team. They've got social team. I mean, they've got teams of people that take care of them. So this is not some breezing through. These guys are just looking for a gig. Mm-hmm. This was this was highly planned out. Great. They're on a fall tour. And they're swinging by. They've got some uh, music videos on YouTube to check out. And uh, there's a cool uh, video linked up on theroastingroomlounge.com. Yes. So check them out in advance and then get some tickets and get in here. Friday the 13th of October. Oh, and it's even Friday the 13th. Boom. 
Head for the Hills, October <laughs> Friday the 13th. <laughs> it's perfect. It really is Up pretty from perfect. Grave. Yeah. Maybe oh maybe we'll do something like that on a promo. Yeah, it'd be good. We'll get kind of silly with it. Yeah, and then it won't be scary at all. It'll just be like <laughs> some guys with banjos. <laughs> right. Which depending on where you're at, that could be scary. It could be scary. <laughs> I hear banjo music. Right. That's true. <laughs> Paddle faster. That's right. Oh, so that's going to be fun. Next Friday the 13th. Next Friday the 13th, head for the hills. We don't mean to run for the hills, the band head for the hills. Saturday October 14th, this is going to be a really different show. Continuing with our blues uh, series. Yes. Blues 411 is bringing in Harper and Midwest Kind. Dude's from Australia. Okay. He plays a didgeridoo. Uh, okay, okay. He also is a very accomplished harmonica player. All right. And does blues, I'm assuming. It's, it's called World Blues. World blues, which we've not featured any world blues yet. This is some this is some stuff that you will not see anywhere else around here. Yeah, the creative use of the harmonica and the haunting drone of the didgeridoo, with blues behind it. It's gonna be and a soulful voice. <laughs> it's gonna be incredible. This sounds fun. Yes. Uh, so he calls it world blues, which it, in uh, th- their language is a rich musical stew. Yum. Mm-hmm. Hearty, a hearty <laughs> stew of fifties rhythm and blues. A 60s message of love and unity and 70s funky soul stirred up with a masterful virtuoso harmonica and the deep woody percussive tones of the didgeridoo served up in a feast of timeless mystery. My goodness. Good Lord, man. <laughs> that, is, that is well written. That, uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody paid really close attention to what they were writing. That is incredible. Yeah. Let's listen to the, the track Show Your Love. It's top track on, on Apple Music. They're talking about how they're into the hippie movement. Uh-huh. Let's give that a shot. Show your love, Harper Midwest Kind. going to be interesting that will be fun yeah Har- and and we didn't get a chance to listen to how great of a harmonica player he is too but you hear the whoop, 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 didgeridoo sound mm-hmm. the droning and like the, the it's gonna be cool it'd be really it'd cool. be very cool 
unlike anything we've hosted here. Way unlike anything we've hosted here. Do you have any idea what he's bring? What what the band makeup is? It's gonna be f- uh, a regular full band. He'll have drums and, and a bass and, and a guitarist, and he he just sings and plays those kind of um, auxiliary instruments. Okay. And then he'll probably have. I don't know if he has two guitarists or he has just one. I'm not. I'm not certain of that. Hmm. But anyway, right. it's going to be blues from the world. Yes, <laughs> whatever that means. Well, yes. So that is next Saturday, October fourteenth. Harper and Midwest Kind, unlike anything you'll see here at the roasting room. So the elephant in the room, Joe Robinson happened last Saturday. Yes, he was here, and he's not an elephant. That's true. He's not. No, he's a human. But he is an elephant of a performer. Yes. <laughs> just, let's just go with that. Let's go with that. Okay. And that jo- he's huge. Huge performer. He's a small person, but he's a really big performer. Oh, my Lord. Dude can play the guitar. Unfortunately, I was off working, but I was able to see some video of uh, the performance from people who were here, and I literally couldn't be sadder that I missed it. I, 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 there hasn't, you know, it's, it's, the, it's my big letdown. For this yep. year, yep. that I missed it. I was here for the last four songs. I worked as well, but was able to get off a bit earlier than I thought it was, and was very fortunate to catch the very end of the show. And our dear friend Todd, who is is there by himself with no microphone, um, he saw the entire show, brought his wife, brought his dad, mm-hmm. um, just loved it. I mean, he, I would like to have him get his input maybe next episode about how great that show was. Um, I, I can't say words that would even put it into description. He played yeah, virtuo- two guitars at the same yeah, time. Yeah, two guitars at the same time. Virtuoso <laughs> guitar player, young guy, but... He's 26 uh, years old. Sings beautifully, uh, performs. I mean, you, you look around, maybe some. Uh, maybe we could even throw some video up Yeah. Um, on one of our channels. We can do a link. Channels. We could definitely do a link in the show notes of of the... Maybe maybe of a, of a roasting room... Um, video mm-hmm. of, of him performing in here. Um, maybe a Facebook link or something. But it's just, my goodness. He, he did things to the guitar that I've not, I've not seen in one of when, when he takes a guitar and then puts another one on, like, around it mm-hmm. and plays both of them, like, interchangeably, I just right. don't... I don't have... There's, yeah, there's not don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't and know what to say. I mean, I, uh, without question, if Todd were here, he would be swooning. Yeah. And maybe on a future episode of the podcast, we can get him to reflect, to, to reflect a little bit more about his time, because yeah. he, I think he had an amazing time. The, the, the gauge in the room was that this was the best show. The people that are normally co- that come here, like the local, the, the usuals, the regulars, mm-hmm. the, they said this is the best show they have ever seen here. Amazing. I hate to dr- keep <laughs> making yeah. you feel sad that you missed it. Right. But it well, was really like one of those shows that like, I can't. I can't believe that this is happening right now. Uh, maybe we could uh, wish on a lucky star and get him back in here one of these days. There is a rumbling that there might there might just end up being a multiple day show with Joe Robinson, multiple days, like a back to back sort of deal. Yes, that would be amazing. That would be amazing, and just give people the opportunity to see him. I think it's just more than anything you've you've got to experience it. And now we've got the footage and everything else that we can yeah. use for future promotion to get people to check out what absolutely. What well, speaking of of footage, let's listen to the board recording that I'd taken. And I, it was so hard to choose because there were every song was a banger. I was like, I don't know what to pick. These right. are all great. 
So I just picked the one, let the guitar do the talking, because that's really what he did. Excellent. He let the guitar do the talking, so let's listen to that. But I hope you enjoy it anyway. This is called Let the Guitar Do the Talking. Well, I saw her from across the room And I could not look away But I knew that all too soon I'd get on the stage and play She was paying me no mind Just laughing with her friends I knew I had to make my move Or I might never see her again So I let the guitar do the talking Cause it knew just what to say With a smooth melody and the bass walking She started walking my way I drew her close to me with the harmony And she began to dance I let the guitar do the talking I knew it was my only chance And she was standing by the bandstand When I played my last song she said if you could show me how I'd love to play along Cause there's a beautiful Martin at my place she said His voice is incredible Yeah And this was and this song does not show off how incredible his guitar playing is Right Like not even close Right Like he he was doing stuff that was just <laughs> there was um Todd was was like shaking his head the whole time and our friend Jonathan Vaughn was sitting front row, like, could have reached out and grabbed his foot, but he was, like, nodding his head so hard I thought his head was going to fall off. Like, <laughs> Jonathan was so into that yeah. performance. I mean, because he was just, ah, great. Yeah, it's amazing to be uh, so good at both. I mean, he, we, the recording is is nice. We get to hear his songwriting and his voice. That's wonderful. Yeah. But hearing the dude just play the guitar, it's as good as anyone you've ever heard. Absolutely. Or, or better. Absolutely. So Joe just brought it, and he told his story, and I was not here to hear his story, but uh, I caught the cliff notes from a couple of the folks that were here, and it really boils down to the fact that he was from the middle of nowhere in Australia, and when I say middle of nowhere, I mean he had no electricity in his house, Right. and he's only 26 years old, so this was not that long ago. They still didn't have electricity. He, he had to cut wood in order to have hot water. That's so he, incredible. So he That's said not like he my was, grandpa. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. This is recent. This is yeah. This is like ten years ago. So he didn't have the internet until he was in high school, um, and when you, of course that all comes with getting electricity finally and having mm-hmm. all that stuff. But he didn't have pretty much any of the of the creature comforts that we had. But he had a guitar, so yeah. he happened to turn out to be really good at it because that's kind of all he had, and he would he, you know he would learn from just what he could find. And then when he got the internet, he was able to mimic the people that he would go, be able to go on to YouTube and check things out. And, like, that's how he learned. Yeah. That's well, just I mean, insane. Yeah, it is. It's just insane. Yeah. He's really an alien. He, he didn't have any outside influence. He just picked up this thing and said, I'm going to figure out how the, it works. Practice the heck out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's really just, it. 
just became a slow, slow over time, became just a master at being as proficient and as yeah. amazing as he could be. And his and his voice sounds like Jason Mraz. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like I this kid is going to be massive. Right. I just think he's going to be huge. Yeah. If he continues it down the same tr- path that he's on. Right. And does the same things, I think he's going to be really big. Yeah. And hopefully we can get him back. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I'm saying do yes. It. I think we can. It's going to have to be pretty soon because there's there's a good chance that he could hop off on a tour with somebody and be right. whisked away. And I mean, he takes one tour with John Mayer and it's over. Right. They're gonna people are gonna hear how good he is, right. and they're gonna start seeking him out. And we're not gonna be able to book him in a small room like this, because he's gonna be playing amphitheaters. I want I, that's a, that's an interesting pair up because John Mayer is such a fan of the guitar. Yeah. I wonder if those two dudes. Have it, it's a matter aware, of time. Uh, yeah. If he's not aware of him, if John's not aware of Joe, Joe he will be. He will be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joe was was on a tour with Tommy Manuel, which we keep saying this name, but he's one of the greatest guitarists. Of this ge- of the last generation, yeah. in in just a proficiency way, so being on that tour was a big step, and he, him and, and and Tommy were passing licks back and forth. So that is that's about as good as you can get proficiency wise on a on a guitarist to guitarist on the same stage. And Joe's so much younger and has so much oh, yeah. more, you know, trajectory and potential. Right. And he's got the voice too. Yeah, not just good guitar player and that, cool songs. That, and yeah, he's a great songwriter too. So anyway, boil it down. If he comes back, you have got to get up here and see it. There are only forty-seven people up here, which boggles the mind. Right. But I mean, Joe Robinson is just what's what's that name mean to people? Right. Nothing really. Is this just a standard just, name? Just a name, Joe Robinson. But people, I'm telling you. You will not be disappointed when you come and see this again, if it happens. I, I'm hoping that it will. I'll do my best to make it work again. But it only takes one tour. He's one tour away from, from being gone, it being too big to bring into a small room. Yeah. What, uh, what song are we going to lead him out uh, this week? Well, um, I think on this podcast, maybe, I know per, just outside of the podcast, we've, we've done our fair, fair share of uh, – disparaging the, the Spotify world of free, uh, <laughs> yes. unlimited music. Um, however, occasionally you get introduced to things that mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't have, wouldn't have otherwise. Well, I'm going to pause you right there. Field Division was the one band that we brought in that I heard just on a Spotify playlist. Far out. And now we're good friends. That's cool. And they've been here twice. And but they, if it weren't for Spotify, they would not have been here. And their, that first show that they came was just one of the coolest nights ever. Yeah. This is really, I think it was one of the things that kicked kick this room off i think so too but started no 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 it's okay um so one of the bands and this may be you know sometimes you find a band and you you know ever they already have a huge following Mm -hmm. and you don't know i don't know how popular necessarily this band is uh just a progressive rock band Mm -hmm. uh they're called the deer hunter are you familiar that sounds very familiar but it's d-e-a-r deer hunter Hmm. anyway they have uh five albums mm-hmm. uh act one act two act three act four act five huh. and they're all very prog of them very prog of them <laughs> and they're all like heavily themed but they kind of like deal with like uh like for the album uh act five is called hymns with the devil and confessional whoa so, yeah so they have some, some cool stuff. like death uh, life deep meaning sort of themes going on mm-hmm. uh it's pretty cool i mean playing as with any progressive rock band playing one song is not going to 
show you who they are because sure. every single song sounds different than the previous mm-hmm. one. But we'll play one on the way out just Absolutely. for fun. The I Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter, cool. Well, let's let's listen to The Deer Hunter as we go out. Friends, thanks for joining us today on the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I am Jordan Ross. I'm Trevor Harden. Holes of the mausoleum.